Hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. This is the podcast that wonders Jewish mothers should every home have one. Well, not quite literally, but all the things that go with the Jewish mothers that came before us, all that maternal wisdom, some of the mad stuff, some of the funny stuff. This is what we explore as we uh, go through our journey on Jewish Mother Me. I'm Angela Epstein. Naomi Lopian. And Lynn Dover. And today we're going to be talking about the issue of sending children away. Looking at what the impact may have been if you were somebody who went away to boarding school. And talking to us today about his very personal experience is Phil Salter. Now, Phil's a great friend of the podcast because he is the engineer who makes all the whistles and bells work and cuts out all the ringing phones and coughing and general hysteria. But Phil, we learnt over a casual dinner recently that you had a, a quite a singular experience that we didn't know about and that was your experience of going away to boarding school at what age just before i was nine so about eight and a half years old eight and a half yeah. years old now you come from a traditional jewish background so we think of the kind of the stereotypical jewish mother don't we as uh, sort of like please stand right next to me and that's still not close enough um, and that's not an implied criticism but uh, what was the thinking behind going to boarding school for you, being sent to boarding school? I think really the reason I was sent to boarding school was because my dad had gone to boarding school. So that's what he knew. And he went to boarding school because, unfortunately, he lost his dad when he was 11. So I think that was probably a choice that was made for him to go away to boarding school. Although younger cousins of his did also go to boarding school. Maybe it was a thing back in the 40s. That was the place you sent your kids, Maybe late, late 30s, a, early 40s. As a result of the Second World War or, or something that might have put, uh, if fathers were away and mums had lots to do, I don't know, it's quite possible that po- there were possibly, historic yeah. events. Yeah. So he went to a boarding school in Cambridge, but he will have been sort of 12, 13, so he went to what was called like the public school, whereas I went to a prep school. So that was prepping you to go to public school because that was the idea. I would have ended up going from boarding school aged eight, nine, all the way through to a public school up to the age of 16, 17, 18, whatever. So this was a boys' school, and how far away was it from where you were living? You were living in Manchester. How I was far living away in, was it? Uh, living North Manchester. It was miles away. It was in Cheadle. In Cheadle, <laughs> Hume. So you couldn't, you couldn't get home easily? Not every day, yeah. no. I mean, it, it, it was, it was okay. and it, it felt a lot, a lot further than it actually was. I imagine if your dad sent you away, he must have had a positive experience in boarding school. Did you two ever speak about it as adults, to adults, what uh, you both felt as adults and then reflecting back on your childhood? No, it's very interesting you say that. No, we didn't. Funnily enough, though, about six or seven years before he died, he was interviewed about his experience at boarding school. And I made a conscious decision, which is foolish in retrospect, to not listen to that interview till after he'd passed away. I wanted to have something else to listen to. There's a lot of questions from his interview, which would have been interesting to ask him. But, Can you uh, share one with us in particular? Yeah, yeah, I was very surprised to find that he punched somebody once. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Allegedly. No, no, he admitted it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, you know. But I think it's seeing our parents as human beings, isn't it? It's almost like eye-opening because you don't yeah. see them like that. And yet we all are, aren't we? Absolutely, I think the yeah. prism of time works its magic and you can suddenly... Or maybe your life experience, you understand what they went through and realise that they were human and not the perfect people you exactly. might have perceived them to be. Were there other children like you or in the, from the same sort of background in school? Not really, no. No uh, other Jewish children? There was, there was a, f- a handful of Jewish kids at the school. The only ones that were there when I was there, there originally were older than I was, two, maybe two, three years older. 
A couple then joined while I was there who I tentatively knew outside of the school. But really, no, not at all. Were I was thrown g- in at the deep end. Oh, sounds like it. Uh, were you given any choice by your parents? Did they consult you or did they just sort of pack you up and uh, say you're going? No, this is this is what was happening. I'm not sure whether boarding school was always in the minds. It possibly was. I really can't remember. And you mentioned there wasn't any, as, as Lynn asked about, a consultation process. You know, you do as you're told pretty much when you were nine. Were you prepared in any way for it? Did they say build it up as an adventure or was it literally, here's your trunk here's the new uniform we're going no, I was really excited I must have gone to have a look at the school first I can't remember if I did or I didn't but I was really excited I was telling everybody I was going it was great until I got there and then I remember the first day there being alone in the dormitory and crying I can just Aww. remember that oh it's sad, isn't it? it is yes. it is so when you got there can you remember but, now with the benefit of hindsight what the impact was on you what did you see and how did it feel it was all very big and it all was very impersonal as well. You know, it, it it went from being called by your first name at your first school was to being called by your surname. Gosh. And that sort of depersonalised you. Mm. And I've always hated that mm. ever since. If anybody calls me that now my, just by my surname, I'm, not, cringe, I'm yeah. not keen on that. I don't like it. It reminds me of school, even though it, it was a general thing in other schools when you were sort of 12 or 13. But when you're nine, it's a bit strange to be called by your last name. You lose your identity. Even your friends called you by your surname. Gosh. You know, that was what you were known as. Unless you became really friendly and then maybe they'd call you by your first name. And did you go with your brother at the same time or no, did he no, start after you? No, I went on my own. You? No, he was, he was, he's three and a half years younger. So he joined probably two and a half years after I got there. Okay. Were you able to tell your parents how you felt regarding no, happiness? No. Why it, is that, it, do you think? Be, because that's not what you did. You got on no. with it. You know, you... you you were there and you, you just got on with it. It sounds very sad, this one I'm saying. No. Yeah. And does it make you feel sad now, as you're saying it? No, not really, because I, I just, it, that's what it was. You know, I, I went and I, I didn't have, it wasn't all bad. I'm not painting it out no. to be a really bad experience, but it was, that's, that was my Reality, experience. Yeah. Of, yeah. So it's you, interesting. Sorry, I want to say that our youth today, they're very much in touch with us or with somebody, aren't they? And yet people still, we say, don't say enough because now they tell us immediately by text and on the phone, don't they? Whereas when we grew up, like when you grew up, we kept things to ourselves. And probably with the distance of the boarding school, you didn't even have a chance. How often would you speak on the phone never. to your parents? You never. never spoke never. on the phone. We you saw... waited a whole term. No, 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 we saw each other. I, they, they came down to the school once every fortnight on a Saturday right. afternoon and then every fourth Sunday I came home for the day. And how was it when you saw them? It Did fine. it set it you back? I don't, a bit, I guess it must it's, it's got to, hasn't it? I mean, I remember, I remember counting the days till the next time. Oh. And you, and so you said that you cried at night. And I'm crying now. <laughs> was, there, was there anybody to, but you said that's just what happened. So you wake up in the morning, you've been in a dorm with how many boys? 10 or 15. And was the prevailing feeling that they were all there for the first time and all feeling a bit displaced as well? Possibly. I mean, there were three dormitories, junior, intermediate and senior. So I started obviously in the junior. So I guess other people must have started at the same time as I did. I, I don't know. I can't but, remember. But how long did that? Were you crying every night or no, did that no, taper no. off? No, it, it was the first day. I was, you know, I just got on with it after that. I think listening to you and Angela and Lynn, I think would agree. We all feel our maternal instincts and we almost want to cradle you, if I'm allowed to say that. I'm sure our listeners too 
was there anybody there who sort of took on a maternal role or you, who you could run to or you felt was a bit of that mothering warmth kind there? Yeah, they had a matron, an on-site matron, who, in retrospect, I guess was mother to all the boys. You know, she was there. She she was there if you grazed your knee or if you needed something sewing or whatever it was. And she was kind. And what she was, was she kind? called? She was called Matron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know her name? Oh, I do know her name. Yeah, she was you called don't... Beryl. Okay. She oh. was called Beryl Mail, actually. I remember her well. Right. And funnily enough, my cousins, my, my dad's cousins who went to boarding school in the 40s, she was the matron then as well. She'd been wow. there 25 years or something. I was I just going to ask you, was she pretty and young, but she might have been pretty and older like she, us, she yes. Yeah. She was lovely. She was, she was yeah. a real... She, she, did, she, did the, she lived on site and uh, she looked after all the boys. And I think every boy had time with matron you know had I've forgotten about this is really bringing back some memories had some time when you know she'd just sort of chat to you and make sure you were okay yeah and, and do the mothering bit fantastic she, she was. really doesn't and she the, was. the sort of the the, the positive mother the, the yeah. positive heart yeah. of the school were the teachers kind to you or were they the in, sort in, of archetypal in, in the main horrors? No. no in the main okay. they, were, they were fine I mean the, the place was run by a headmaster who fashioned himself he was a, he was a captain in the army so he was known as captain oh god <laughs> So it was just he was just picking himself up, wasn't he? Really, I'm not going to say his name because it it's not fair. It sounds like there are caricatures everywhere in this. There's sort of you just have got been formed by people who are sort of quite vivid in their characters. I don't know. Do you feel that 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 they stand out for you more than uh, your family did? Not not more than my family did, but they, they made a lasting impression. I, th I think the thing that you've got to remember is that I'm not making out that this was all bad because it wasn't. You know, th this is how I went to school and this was fine. But it certainly impacted on my parenting in the future. And I'll come on to that. Yeah, as we'll we, come as to we that in a minute. Because you mentioned that there was a... You say it wasn't all bad and that's good to hear. But um, there was a moment when you actually ended up running away. Uh, yeah, but that that was bravado rather than necessity. Ah, uh, OK. That, that, was that was three boys that af after dinner one night decided we'd, we'd had enough and we were going, so we, we pocketed some bread at tea time and <laughs> off we went. <laughs> and how far did you get? I think we got near enough to Wilmslow, and we had Ooh. no money, so I don't know how we did it. And we got picked up by one of the boys' parents who lived there and brought us back, and <laughs> we weren't really in trouble. I think they were quite sympathetic about it. Uh, we didn't have How big, old were you, to remember? Well, I would have been 10, maybe. Oh very young so, uh, I mean the big impact that it had was friendships at home when you came home for school holidays because kids at 10 11 are making new friends they're going to school and they're making new friends and sometimes friends for life mm. as, as you three have mm. you know you three did in, in your school days and there were some girls who lived across the road who used to invite me to their birthday parties so I got to know that crowd of people and if I hadn't, it would have been really difficult to make friends when I eventually did leave the school. I didn't end up going to the, the public school afterwards, and I'll explain why Are that happened. Are you friendly with any people that you were at school, at this boarding school with still, or not really? Even though it sort of had dramatic impact on me. I've always been back to the, to the reunions. And the strange thing is, out of all the people that ever went to the reunions, People from my year were the majority of the people that were there. That was always quite strange. And I've actually got a WhatsApp group of five or six people who were there at the time with me. Going to this day, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it brings me back to asking you, you said there was a small number of you that were Jewish. Were you able to practice your Jewishness or be freely Jewish? Or how did it work there, being Jewish? The only real thing that we had, we had Hebrew lessons on a Sunday. 
So I guess while the other kids went to church, we had mm-hmm. a... Your own cheder. We had our own cheder. Your own Sunday, Jewish yeah, Sunday school. I think Sunday there were two school. or three of us. And the very strange thing, actually, is how, how things come around. He, he, was a, he was a very nice man, and I knew of him, and I didn't see him for years. And then he eventually, after his wife died and one of our neighbours' mother's husbands died, they ended up going out together, and I used to see him quite frequently across <laughs> the road to me. <laughs> and it was it was really there was a full circle there. Did you, so you you obviously got into a rhythm and a routine of being yeah. there, and when your parents came to visit you, obviously there had been perhaps particular circumstances fueled by a background of boarding school is is not a bad thing; it can be a good thing. Did any regret ever be expressed to you, or, or an, a get out clause offered to you when they came to see you, or you went home saying? you don't have to go back or whatever no Um, it was just you know another term another term building up to the exams which would have sent me to uh, another five years of boarding school which would have been in Bristol gosh you've mentioned before that you had a younger brother did he join you and were you in loco parentis when you were there absolutely yeah I I guess when I left home mum would have showered everything onto him. I love the way you say when I left home. You normally hear an 18-year-old say that. By the way, it was nine. I know, I can't imagine. But, we just need to remind ourselves, you were nine. Yeah, when I, went to, when I went away to school, I guess she showered all her Affection. mothering instincts on him because there was only him there. And that sort of carried on throughout the rest of his life, actually. He, he was more mothered than I was by her, which is fine. It's, is that, it's not a criticism. Does mean he was her favourite or you felt he was her favourite? or Not, not, not in that way. I, I just think that because he was at home a lot longer than I was, because even though I, I went back home when I was 12 and then left home again when I was 20 and never went home again, he was there till he was maybe... 25 or maybe more okay. and he had diabetes which was another thing which <sighs> gave him more things to, to mother him about mm. so how was it when you came home you must have had very particular rules about sitting down at the meal table etc pools at home was there any difference between the way did you notice differences as the boarder and the and the guy who left home at nine and when you came home because you'd be never allowed at school, I don't know, to leave the table without saying, please, man, leave the table, or whatever it is. Were there any differences like that? Not really, because in those days, you never left the table without saying, please, man, leave the table. <laughs> you know, that, that, that was how, how life was, and that's how kids were. So, no, go, going home was no different. And also, you went home for holidays, so it wasn't like yeah. you'd left for four, four oh, no, there years. Were, and there were long holidays. The, the, the school holidays were, were longer because... I don't know why they were longer, but they were longer. So talk us through how it was when your brother Paul arrived. Were you excited about the prospect of a a boy three and a half years your junior appearing? Yes, absolutely I was because I, firstly, it it was family. So there was that aspect of it. Secondly, I did become like mum and dad to him because he was obviously in my position three years previously. So he was very upset when he got there. We became weekly boarders at that point. So we came home on a Saturday afternoon and went back on a Monday morning and he cried every single Monday morning, hated going back to the place. And it took, you know, the best part of the morning to calm him down. And then, you know, then we did it all again the following weekend. And were you aware that your parents missed you too or not really? <laughs> that's a, that is a harsh no, question. You thought I'm working for the Samaritans. No, I just thought that if you, you know, if they they're, might have there's shared their choice to send you, but... 
they might so have regretted it. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think you, what you've got to appreciate is that this was life as I knew it. So yeah. I didn't know it any other way. Yeah, and you're still quite young to sort of investigate those kind of the emotional backstory, which we will come to. But what what I'm thinking is that every week you're going through a routine whereby you come home. Uh, you're a bit inured to this now because you you're you're an old hand at the boarding school gig. Your brother Paul is deeply traumatised. You have to calm him down on a regular basis for quite a long time. That went on for quite a long time. Did you report that back to your parents? And was there any I don't know resentment or issues on your part that they were putting him through this not deliberately, but you were seeing the fallout. They were sort of dropping and going, if and you like, and putting Phil through it as well. Well, no, because they, to were, quite, sure. they were quite they were quite aware of it because he cried all the way in the car, all the oh. way to the school. So. They were quite aware of it. And I haven't really spoken to him about it. Maybe I need to speak to yeah. him about it, see what his feelings were, because you should have had us both on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll ask him to come back. Well, why, why do you think you haven't spoken about it? Yeah. Um, it's just not been relevant? It just, just hasn't cropped up. Uh, I'll speak to him tomorrow about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> it's Phil. I love Do you him. remember being embarrassed going to school with a crying brother and having to sort out, like, mm, here we go again? That's an interesting question. Because it's often kids don't want to be othered or be different. Um, I think by the time we got to school, it was time for class, so he sort of went straight oh, into went, a class and and he, and, and he calmed down, I guess, in the classroom. Yeah. The, um, the other thing that I, I forgot to mention is obviously in those days there was a lot of letter writing going on. So I'd get regular letters from home, my grandma, nice. my mum and dad. And we had to write a letter home every weekend. Even when we were being picked up on the Saturday <laughs> afternoon, we oh, had to write jealous. a letter on the Saturday morning. Oh, it's annoying. <laughs> was that annoying? I'm just saying it's, it's annoying. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. What, do you, what do you write? <laughs> yeah. And did Paul settle down eventually? That's. I guess he did, but, you know, he was the catalyst for us leaving. He was definitely the cousin. Oh, yeah. Parents could see how so yeah. Talk, yeah, talk us through that. So, yeah. so you've done the breaking in period, <laughs> which is always the difficult thing in any any world. Um, you've got used to it. You then, as Lynn said, loco parentis. He finds it traumatic. So, how come it all sort of came to an end? I'm not really sure. I guess one of the reasons was him. They they could see that there was no way he was going to be able to cope with going away forever to a, a public school years afterwards and I really don't know I, th I think maybe the realization of it all I remember my dad having a conversation with me in the car one day that, that we were going to be taken away from school and me being terribly upset about it mm. ah well you thought they became your home your second home maybe I, or I, why I, were your Stockholm upset? syndrome I <laughs> yeah I, I think possibly <laughs> Stockholm syndrome yeah serious yeah yeah so that was a strange experience. Paul obviously was delighted that he was leaving, and uh, it, it was it was. So good how for old him. were you when both of you when you left? So he brother? will have been only ten years old when we left, and I will have been twelve and a half. I think I just about to have my permitsva when I when I left. So that you would have been thirteen, your yeah, coming because, of age ceremony. Because I remember going to the synagogue to practice my permitsva. While I was still at school, it was great. It was a day away from school or a few hours away from school. <laughs> so by the time that they had decided to withdraw you both from school, what were the plans for where you would go? You talked before about the fact that you would have had a slightly displaced social life had it not been for friends across the road where you lived. Did you then have to parachute into a new school and go through that whole process of making new friends? Yes, and that was a complete... The only word I can use for it is cock-up, really, because... <laughs> Instead of being, as you say, parachuted in into the first term of the first year, 
I ended up in the second term of the second year. So therefore, four terms have gone by, everybody's made friends, here's the stranger, and it never quite worked. So did you find your ability to make new friends had been blunted by the fact that you just hadn't had to do it before for such a long time? You know, kids are usually quite adaptable, but you've been... It's also a hard age, teenagers, when you said you came in second year, second term. a little bit like you, Noemi, as well. Around that age, you (laughs) parachuted into Manchester. I want to hear, yes, I can can feel... No, exactly the same, obviously. There's there's little cliques of friends and there's... there's, I did know people in the first year, so I had some friends, but, you know, second years didn't mix with first years properly. So going to school and coming home from school, great, on the train with lots of lots of friends or on the bus or whatever in school not so easy to make friends no and there was probably um residual fallout of joining so late on did you feel lonely in school i didn't like school you didn't uh, like school as a concept was that informed no. by the fact you've been sent away or you just no i did quite well at school i was trying to find an old school report actually this morning because i've got one floating around somewhere and it actually says i was I was a lot younger than, at the boarding school, I was a lot younger than other people in the class. And I held my own, I did quite well. Ah. When I went to my second school, then I struggled because I'd missed four terms of work. And although I knew some of it, because I was ahead on certain things, I was behind on other things, and I never caught up. And if you don't understand it and you don't get it, you know, you're lost. Lost, I agree, yeah. Did that mean you weren't interested in going on to further education or did you want to prolong the education process? I mean, no, what? because I, I just hated I just hated the work because I didn't understand it. Oh. It was complete fog to me. And did your brother flourish at school? Absolutely, because he, he ended up in, in the junior school at exactly the right age and exactly the right class with a load of friends and people his age who were all going at the same time. Were you resentful of that, of him or of your parents for that? No, because I did, at first I didn't realise and second, it's only in, in retrospect I've realised that this is probably what's happened. Right. Why I'm such a thicko. <laughs> Hardly. Oh, Hardly. Yeah. Hardly. Well, a bit. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but and then did you go into further education? No. Okay, so no. you went out into the world of work. Well, in those days you said that was expected. You know, uh, okay. you, you, you know you f- we had a family business and it was always expected from a young age that I'd go into the family business. What right. I really wanted to do was be a recording engineer at Abbey Road Studios. Oh, but, but you're a recording <laughs> engineer for us. And uh, and it's and, and Paul McCartney, if you're listening, he's still available and he's really good. <laughs> but the fact is, and it's probably for a whole other podcast about the idea of the Jewish mother, the Jewish parenting experience that suggests do you go into the family business, which may be a bit of a cliche these days. So, you, I mean, thank you, Phil, so far for giving us a very candid view of, of what's happened to you uh, in terms of your schooling uh, but now you know we might we've got our shovels out haven't we Lynn I can see yours is ready to dig a bit deeper oh, I thought we were finishing this no oh, she's ready oh, I can see this one oh, is okay. ready relaxing with her. a little bit she's got she? her psychological oh, shovel okay. well I was just thinking that projecting yourself forward all these years and um, has it affected how you've been parenting your 100 percent yeah absolutely 100 percent. You, you have one daughter and she's yeah, how she's old? 29 okay so 100% absolutely the first thing was there was no way she was ever going to go away to boarding school but I mean it's not a thing anyway but it was never a thing and the second thing when she left her junior school I was quite happy for her to go to whichever school she got into she got into some of the grammar schools and she also got into the the local Jewish school I wanted her to go a, where she was most happy to go, and B, where most of her friends were going, because I didn't want her to have the same issues that I had, which were basically struggling to find friends. So she had her friends growing up from two and a half 
all the way through till when she was 18 when she did her A-levels. I have to say I completely understand that because I went to a school for um, my high school. It was at the same time as everybody else was starting, but it was by myself. So I knew nobody when I started my high school. And I've encouraged my children to carry on a, a seamless sort of transition from junior school to high school so that they can keep their friends. And they, they too have been with them, their friends from the age of two to 18. And the best friend, they're still friends. And sh- you know, has she been like two, that as well? two and a half, you know, they've been yeah. friends together. Aww. So I'm sure that uh, she'll do the same thing with her kids. I mean, again, sending your kids away isn't even a thought these days. You know, no. there's not, there's not, a, it's not really an option. So spooling back a bit, um, Lynn was asking you about the way you parent. You know, you have a lovely daughter, Hannah, who's who's 29, who's very accomplished, and a, um, she's got phenomenal uh, ability with music in particular. We've spoken before on the podcast, and, and all our podcasts are available across all sorts of platforms. So you you can find this one if you haven't heard it before. We talked about whether you should push or pull when it comes to parenting. Now, Hannah has achieved in her own right. You had your own reasons for not going the direction you may have wanted to, to Abbey Road Studios. You've talked about how, you know, you wanted Hannah to just be, to be able to have her friends, to be nearby, all of those things. What about being the classic Jewish parent in terms of uh, what you're going to do with your life? Did you do any classic Jewish mothering that way? She had her own thoughts, so much so that she, she went to university to study genetics and after three months decided she didn't want to do genetics anymore and rang me up to tell me this and she'd already decided what she was going to do and put a plan into action before she told us so it was very hard to say no you can't do this because you can't say do something you don't want to do that's exactly what I'd been through so I wasn't going to make her do that the fact that she decided how to achieve that was quite remarkable she'd got this plan in place first the only thing I said to her because her course wasn't due to start till the following year I said well you're not going to lie in bed for nine months so I got her a job it wasn't a paid job but I got her a job it was actually back at her old school in the music department ah, she was an wonderful. intern and she loved it and it was great it got her out of bed and it gave her a bit of a grounding of how to achieve things you talked about your approach to parenting which we, we're not trying to stereotype she says having a podcast called Jewish Mother Me but um your wife obviously has not had this boarding school background and would have just come to parenting without these particular experiences. Was there ever any tension in terms of the way you parented? Because almost it almost sounds like you were the classic Jewish mother saying, you're staying near me and, you know, that kind of thing. I want you to be this and, and help you with your friends. Was there ever any, was that ever any a, a situation? No, she felt exactly the same. She certainly didn't want to go away from home. She didn't want, you know, having her at home was, was wonderful. Uh, but there was never any thought of sending her away. As far as the schooling went, uh, we felt exactly the same and disgusted. And obviously I, I gave her my thoughts of why I wanted that, which she understood. But the final choice was down to Hannah yeah. because she was the one that was going to school. And so she, you wanted to give her some sort of autonomy over her future rather than just dictate it yeah. a little bit like you had. Yeah, I, I, we guided her, obviously, and we, we yeah. guided her towards what I felt was the best for her. And it was what she wanted as well. It, it's it's quite a while ago. It's hard to remember now. We did say, how could you send a child this this young away to school? It was incredible. You know, it was difficult enough when she went to university at 18. <laughs> did that make you feel slightly um, resentful or amazed or appalled 
at what you had experienced. Oh, uh, this is not um, d- making derogatory comments about your parents, but the very act of being sent away. I've never been resentful of it, no. I've never been resentful of it. I've, I've certainly reacted to it. It's appalling almost that... Yeah, but these, Shocking. Those, those were different times, weren't they? I agree with you, but you've also said that it focused the mind when you had a little person in your house under your care and you thought this little person was once me. And that appalled you, or I don't want to put it, the words it, in your it mouth. It did, but then, but life had changed by then as well. You know, the work people didn't send kids to boarding school. Ah, okay. That 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 was the big difference. I mean, I would never have sent a child anyway, just because of my own experience. But if kids are still still being sent to boarding school, it might not have felt so different. But no, but who goes? Do you know anybody whose kids go to boarding school? Because I don't. <laughs> no, I don't no. think we do. But I also, I I also now we're talking about. Um, kids being separated from the parents think about the kinder transport children during the war and how parents who sent their children to safety the absolutely massive sacrifice they made absolutely and, and it's my mum heartbreaking funnily enough i was thinking about this true. again this morning and my mum was sent away during the war she was evacuated when she was probably about the same age as i was about 10 oh. and Never really knew how she felt about it until some years after she passed away. My brother showed me a short story she'd written about two little girls sent away. It was obviously about her and her sister. Yes. And she used to cry every night and she hated it. So she must have been quite traumatised about us going to school. That's remarkable, which makes you wonder where the shift of power was in terms of where the decision was to send you. I think it was my dad's decision. Yeah. And thank goodness none of us have had to have made this choice. Did your mum ever speak to you about how she felt when she sent you away? Did that ever come up? Not that I remember. I don't remember having any conversations. I know myself that my mum said when she sent us to camp, my parents sent us away aged seven and eight, my sister and myself, was because my dad wanted us to learn to be a little bit independent. That my mum cried, she always said, sending us to yeah. camp. It was hard, but it was important. And it gave them some breathing space because they didn't have relatives. Who'd and I think it's sorry. very palpable. You know, it, it doesn't, as we always say with the Jewish Mother Me podcast, it, this is not for, for mothers or Jewish people. It doesn't matter who you are or what star you were born under. It's more about listening to the imported experience of those who've had Jewish mothers. Is that separation from loved ones, however grown up, mm. you know, you could be saying goodbye to your 25 year old daughter who's going off Mm. to do something incredible or 29 year old married son or whatever or a brother or sister just even when they've all gone off to school that day yeah you can still still, the whole empty empty nest syndrome is difficult and people can deal with that it's funny because my late mum was evacuated at the age of seven when they started dropping the bombs on uh, on Cheatham Hill and uh, she went off to Blackpool to a non-Jewish home. So obviously she had the cultural leap that she had to deal mm. with. And um, she said, I don't know if anybody, you can find this on iPlayer somewhere, the Jack Rosenthal play, the evacuees, where yes. the, the children are, sort of have to eat non-kosher food, not because the people are being unkind, that's just how it was. And she cried so much when oh. her parents came to visit her that she insisted on coming home at the age of seven and, and re- rode out the war in the bomb shelters under, under Cheatham Hill Road. So, you know... All through time, people have been separated. So, to sort of to bringing it more to a close now, Phil, and we're very grateful for you to open your your heart and your recollections to us. Do you feel any kind of um, not a burden? How how do you feel it marks you out differently from those who haven't had this experience? I guess, and I've spoken to this to a few friends over the last few years because it's sort of made me think. As you get older, you think more. 
And I, I certainly have what I now understand to be uh, separation issues. I don't like being separated from home or from family or... I mean, it's a lot easier. I haven't seen my brother for two years because of the COVID, COVID situation. With FaceTime, it's easier. We, we cope with that much easier than we ever did. But, you know, you don't realise when you're growing up the impact that it has on you because everybody's different and everybody has a different life experience. And it, so, you, so it has obviously had an impact on you. And, and have these separation issues ever been a really significant factor in decisions you've made or, or have, have prompted a, a sort of a critical situation where you can think to yourself, actually, the reason I'm making this choice is because I've been through the boarding school experience? I think probably only about the school choice for my, for my own daughter. I right. don't think anything else has really impacted that much. Yeah. Maybe that's why I've never moved from Manchester. That's why I'm still... But, but maybe it isn't, because I've never had Neither anywhere else to go. Neither have the three of us. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's that. I, I just think, you know, that that's how it was for me. I don't have any resentment to my parents for yeah. it. You know, it, it ultimately didn't really do me any harm. It probably did me as much good as, as anything. Day to day at school, you know, we settled into a routine thing you know there were bad days and good days there were i would guess there were probably more good than bad otherwise i wouldn't have been that upset about leaving i mean ultimately I when i left i was delighted but you know it's i just feel that it's your nature phil that as i'm sitting here listening to you i just marvel at your positivity mm. at your tranquility at your wisdom and there's no bitterness there's no negativity yeah. on the contrary you're such a positive person and i think that's credit to your your nature we're just giving I you a wonderful outlook i to mean life. one of the things i i, I knew one of yeah. one of the holocaust survivors that we all knew and loved very much maya hirsch i'm sure you remember him yeah yes. and he always used to talk about his experiences in the war and said he had no bitterness because it, it it just spoiled his life and maybe I I agree with that because what's the point? It doesn't get you anywhere. It's a very, very, very um, good philosophy to abide by if you have the, the strength to do that. And obviously on Jewish Mother Me, we're very big on learning from other people's wisdom. So we're, we always say the three of us, we're work in progress. And just one, one other observation is um, Lynn and I have always lived in Manchester, school, university, work here. And, uh, and Noemi came at the age of 12 but has spent the last... Uh, She's 21, she's spent the last nine years here. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know about you two girls, but I, when it came to my kids, it was like, fly, go as far as you want to go. And we've all actually got children living abroad at the moment. Uh, that might just because they don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, horses for courses. So, Phil, if you were to pass on any takeaway wisdom, I mean, you know, we, we've not really explored uh, what your mum was like as a person, but any particular takeaway wisdom that you have from growing up? I'm going to give you some takeaway wisdom from my dad, yeah. actually, because I was thinking, I knew you were going to ask me this question, so I thought about it on the way in. And he had a saying, and he always used to say, he had this acronym, which was IADOM, I-A-D-O-M, and it was, it all depends on me. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. You've, you've got to do it for yourself. So that's something I've, I've said to Hannah. I've said this to quite a, some, some of my friends' kids as well growing up when they were sort of looking for a little bit of encouragement. And I just always just say, my dad used to say, I aid on. It all depends on me. I think we're going to remember that, aren't that's we? That's marvellous. It's so empowering. I'm going to use yeah. that. I aid on. Taking that on board. Okay, so thank you so much, Phil Salter. Phil, um, who is usually our studio engineer here, but we, he happened to mention this story to us uh, without any intention of being interviewed. And all three of us, like the foaming opportunists that we are, leapt on him and said, Phil, 
Phil and dragged him in to tell us your story. So we thank you for being thank so you, candid. Uh, we thank you um, uh, for all the things that you shared with us. You have been listening to Jewish Mother Me. You will find us here on all sorts of platforms, including uh, Spotify and all the other various ways that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and we also have... An Instagram page We as have well. an Instagram page, which uh, Lynn manages beautifully. Mm-hmm. So do get in touch and let us know if there are things that you would like us to discuss. And until next time, you've been listening to me, Angela, Naomi, and Lynn. And until then, take care of yourselves. Bye. 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 Bye.